You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Do you have big dreams that seem far beyond your reach? Maybe you've lost sight of your dreams altogether. Don't beat yourself up. You are not alone. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. This podcast is sponsored by Audible. They're offering you, the listeners of this show, a downloadable free audiobook of your choice, and you get to choose from more than 180,000 titles. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and choose the book that you want. I'm really enjoying the comments and suggestions that I'm getting from you, the listeners. Keep them coming. The more you let me know what you prefer, what you enjoy the most, what you get the most value from, the more I can give it to you. I will certainly continue with interviews and definitely with one-word stories I'm also going to be offering you a series of short episodes specifically on the craft, the art, the skill of storytelling, how you can become a better storyteller, communicator, presenter. Send your comments to my personal email, loseclub at gmail.com, L-O-U-S, club at gmail.com. As a person who repeatedly listens to Change Your Story, Change Your Life, you're obviously getting some value from it. One of the ways that you can help more people discover the show is to visit iTunes and leave a brief review and a star rating. Your review can be simply the biggest takeaway that you've gotten from one of the episodes. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already done so. That way, you will never miss a single episode. I thank you for listening and for supporting the show. Today's guest is a man who watched his dreams escape him and disappear from sight. It made him feel that he was trapped in a pit. He could see the top but he felt stuck at the bottom. With focus and perseverance, he found his way out and recaptured his dreams. Today, he's here to help you rediscover yours, and he has a system to help you achieve them. He calls it The Shift. He has even written a book called Shift, Moving from Where You Are to the Life You Want. This former successful global corporate leader is now an author and a life uh, and business coach. Get ready to step into your power with John Hinkle. John, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you, Lewis. I'm so glad to be part of this uh, podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Let's have some fun. So, John, you're a person who reinvented himself. 
Describe the person you were before your shift. You know, thank you for that question. I would describe myself before I uh, made my shift as I would call myself a someday guy. I was always knew that I wanted to do something notable. I always had big dreams for myself, but they were always someday. And um, for many years, I let um, the other things get in the way of me really concentrating and taking action on the thing that I wanted to do, finding my purpose and, and accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish in my life. So short answer is I was a someday guy, and I think there are a lot of people out there who are someday guys who know what they want to do, know what they want to achieve, but uh, they just let life kind of get in the way, and uh, they never get there. I agree. Someday guys and gals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, why do you think you were a someday guy? You know, I think um, for me, and it's probably, again, true for a lot of people, you start out in your career and in your life, and you you have this big desire, burning desire to get to, you know, the top or to achieve something really great for yourself. And then, you know, life happens. Um, maybe you get married and then you start having children and then, the you know, your kids need braces and then they need college. And all those things that that are part of life kind of um, cause you to maybe have to put things on hold. And then you find yourself, you know, when you're 45, kids are out, and you realize that all the things that you had desired and hoped to be, you haven't achieved yet. And um, and that's discouraging for a lot of people. And sometimes a lot of people think it's just too late. But it's not too late. And I think um, I think that's just true of a lot of people. That's they find themselves in that in that situation. I agree. Uh, what happens? I guess from what I'm hearing you correctly, what, you, what your impression is that it was not just an impression. Your experience is that. Life will cause you to create new priorities and you might deprioritize something that was very important to you. That's right. Yes, I absolutely believe that. And then, you know, obstacles come in the way. And, um, you know, I was spent many years in the corporate world and I was successful in the corporate world, but a lot of times it was, you know, it was a beat down, you know, just trying to, to, um, to survive in that kind of atmosphere. And in the, in the kind of work I was in, um, my job was to help other people achieve their brand goals or their company goals or their own per personal career goals. And I spent a lot of time doing that. And in doing that, you know, I lost my um, ability to do that for myself. So mm. I call it the corporate spin zone. You know, you're kind of in this, in this environment and you're, you know, it has you spinning around, doing things, a lot of things, um, and then it kind of spits you out at the end. And um, a lot of people, when that happens, they don't have a plan B. They don't know where to go, you know, when that happens. And uh, do you think that perhaps today this is more important than ever? Oh, I absolutely do. I think today, you know, people are working longer. They're uh, more productive later in their in their years. The economy has changed, uh, businesses have changed, the way businesses are, have, are done has changed. And so I think um, that, that a lot of people find themselves in a situation where they're maybe no longer as viable in their careers as they thought they would be, or maybe they've been uh, you know, downshifted or, um, or let go and they're late in their careers or they're late in their life and they just don't know how to move forward. 
And um, I think I read a statistic the other day that there are um, about 70 million men and women between the ages of 50 and 70, and only between 5 and 15% of those are ready to retire financially. So it's really not an option for people. There is a second life that we all have to discover, and uh, it's just how to, how to find it. Um, when you're in a career, and you've been in a career all your life, your, your days are pretty ordered. You know what you're supposed to accomplish every day. You know, every Monday morning there's a meeting. Every Wednesday there's, you know, certain things that happen that's not really dictated by you, but dictated by the corporation. And then when you get out of that environment, you figure out pretty quickly that you have to create all that for yourself. Mm. And you've never had that skill set before. Wow. Uh, this is so, so important, so relevant. Are you familiar with Peter Diamandis? Uh, yes, I know the name, yes. Yeah, you would love his book, Bold, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World, because it addresses these issues of the world that's being redefined by digital technology. Yes. And it's just fascinating stuff. I w- you know, so you began to feel, you recognized, okay, I'm a someday guy, and so there was must have been some resistance to change because it's frightening. What do you remember? What some of your self talk was like pre shift? Yes, I think uh, my self talk was pretty much someday I'm going to do something, but I don't know what it is, and I don't know how to start it, and I don't know what to do. And it really took me taking the time, um, and some events happened that allowed me to have this time, but it it took me being able to step back and not think about um, anything but about my future and what I needed to do to move forward. And of course, first I had to determine what does that, what does that goal look like for me? And then I had to learn how to, um, to create the steps, the system to help me get there. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for mm-hmm. self-talk, and I think this is true of all of us, um, there's a lot of self-doubt, a lot of maybe self-criticism, a lot of regrets when you get to the middle of your career and that middle age. Um, and you have to kind of get rid of all of that and deal with all of that in order to move forward. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons I do this podcast, I'm passionate about it, is one of the things I believe is that words like regret, the meaning we've given them, they're just stories. Uh, I think regret is a useless Emotion. Yes. Because you can reframe your past and then you don't have to regret it. You can start to see the value in all of the choices you made, right? And then move forward. And that's powerful. So what was the event that compelled you to change? Well, there are three things really that happened that kind of all came together at once. One was that um, I had gotten to a position in my career and the company I was in decided that they were going to remove a layer of management. And I didn't lose my job in that, but a lot of my friends did. And that was a big wake-up call for me in terms of, you know, I had trusted the security and, and the uh, uh, of, a, of a career uh, in, a, in a corporate setting, and I realized that, that that was a false security. The second thing that happened was my company was was bought, and so there was a merger and there was some retractions, you know, going on there, some duplications of, of, of uh, resources. And then the third was that the industry was changing. Um, and I guess I would add a fourth one. The fourth one was that there was a, or the recession was going on. 
uh, around that time. So a lot of things kind of came together to make what I thought was a secure uh, place in my life become a very insecure place. And mm. I did not want to be one of those people who um, got a call from HR one morning and then walked out not knowing what I was going to do next. So uh, I kind of started this journey of thinking and deciding that I needed to take control of that. I needed to be the one who determined what my life was going to be forward, going to be like moving forward. And I realized that I needed to create for myself a pathway to do that and a, and a mindset for, for doing that. So that was really the impetus. Mm. And uh, what resistance came up inside of you when you decided to shift? Oh my goodness. Well, it's the same thing that I talk about in the book shift and that uh, we talk about in, in our, our uh, shift mastermind courses and in my one-on-one -on -one coaching. The number one is, it's this mindset. It's, is it too late for me? Have I, uh, have I passed all of my chances? Um, am I, um, capable enough to, to do the things that I want to do moving forward? Um, I have a lot of debts. I have a lot of responsibilities, financial and otherwise. What's the risk there? So it's it's all the negative kinds of things that you tell yourself and give yourself a reason not to move forward. And uh, so that's a big part of what we do is to really try to help people address what those those issues are uh, and deal with them in a, you know, in a practical and a rational way. But uh, help them to see that there is always possibility moving forward. There's always a way forward. And you're not bound by your past and you're not even bound by your present but you get to choose and you get to make the decision how you want to move forward. Very, very important uh, mindset. What was your biggest obstacle and how did it make you feel? Yeah, I think my biggest obstacle was just as I mentioned. Um, you know, I had kids. I had three boys who were in college and uh, they weren't going to uh, cheap colleges. They were going to expensive colleges. Uh, you know, I, like everybody else, had a house with a mortgage and uh, a, a salary that I was dependent on and a company that I was uh, committed to and was dependent upon. And um, I think just having, just being able to get over the fact that all of those things were there, but all of those things could be dealt with if I made a plan and if I knew how I wanted to move forward and I, you know, stuck to it and was disciplined and committed to it and intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a mindset. Um, I have a story of a, of a friend who, um, had a daughter who wanted a bicycle for Christmas. And so on Christmas Eve, after he put her to bed, he went out into the garage and he pulled out the box where the bicycle was in and it was late and he opened the box and it was unassembled. And what was worse is that there was no instruction sheet. And so I'm, I'm sure we've kind of been there before where we're sitting up late trying to put together uh, presents for our kids, but he was in a panic and he knew what the bike was supposed to look like. He knew that he probably had the tools to put it together, but he didn't know where to start because he didn't have an instruction book. And so I think it's important. And that's what we try to do as shift principles is try to give you a instruction manual to kind of help you figure out what is that next step, that first step you need to do to get where you want to go. A lot of people have a vision. They can see it, but they just can't figure out how to put all the pieces together. I love that. I, that's a beautiful story. It's um, uh, it's a keeper. What was your first step that you took to overcome your obstacles and get into momentum? Sure. Well, I think the first real step started again internally. It was that determination, that 
the decision that finally I was going to do something. I was not going to be that someday guy moving forward. I was going to take action. And so it put me on a course of really exploring. And I looked at a lot of people uh, around me that were successful and, you know, people that we would all know in life and tried to figure out what, what was different about them. What did they do that, um, what practices or disciplines did they have that helped them achieve their success? And so that really developed into these five principles, these five shift principles that I developed for myself. And then I um, met with a, a friend who is a, uh, a publisher and a, and a TV producer, and he and I were both sort of grappling with the same issue about life and purpose. And so we together turned that, um, that exploration into what is called Shift, the book. And, and these five principles that, that we, we talk about in terms of, um, of helping you, giving you an instruction guide or a, a manual to help you move forward. Mm. And so once I had that hook, once, you know, I had that to hold on to, it made everything else a lot easier because it was something I was passionate about. It was something specific that I could tell people about. And, uh, and I knew that it was something that could transform people's lives. So that first thing was, was, really the exploration, developing those principles, and then everything from there happened. Well, you said you used the word decision, and that's big. I think the exploration came out of having decided, that's it, I'm definitely going to move forward. And Absolutely. That, and and that, that kind of turned the ignition key on, you yeah. know, for you. That's, yeah, in fact, that is, uh, you know, SHIFT, shift is, an acronym, is an acronym for the five principles, and the last one is take action. The T stands for take action. And it is, uh, you know, you got to do it. You got to own it. You got to own the process. You got to own the the results. You you can't blame other people. You got to accept responsibilities. You just got to do it. You know, man up. And so uh, that is sort of one of the five principles uh, that we teach. And then we talk about, you know, how do you own? How do you own it? Um, how do you take responsibility for it? Uh, so that's part of the the shift principles. Let's uh, get right in because I know you're very passionate about it, and it is your main uh focus right right now in the world what are the five key principles of your shift system sure well the s stands for seek advice we hear a lot about people being self-made men and women but that's really not true nobody is really self-made it really takes a team of people an inner circle of people that you can depend on and you can work with that can help you move forward in life and you know you can look back through all history and, and find examples of that you know king arthur had his court you know robin hood had his merry men jesus had his disciples the president has his cabinet i mean it really takes people who are surrounding you to help you achieve what you need to achieve and so the shift uh the, the s in shift stands for seek advice and what we uh, teach people there is what kind of inner circle, what kind of board of directors do you need to have on your team that can help you achieve your goals? Mm-hmm. So, so that is the S. The H stands for honor your past. And, uh, when I say honor your past, you know, we all go through life and especially if we're sort of in the mid, mid age of our life, we've carried a lot of baggage and we're carrying a lot of baggage. And some of that baggage is useful. Some of it needs to be discarded. And so the honoring your past part of what we teach is how to open up that, open up the bags, examine what's in them, the things that are not useful for moving forward in your life, you, you, you get rid of, the things that are useful for you, um, and you want to, you need to carry forward, those are the things that you make an intentional 
effort to carry forward with you. Um, we talk about failures. A lot of us experience failures or what we think are failures in our lives. And it's interesting because you, we think of it as sort of a singular thing, like I failed in that job or I failed on that project. But what you can realize is that if you kind of crack open those failures, there are really lots of little nuggets of successes. And so it's very useful to kind of look back at the failures of your life or the challenges that you don't feel like you handled well, crack them open, look at them, and there's always some nugget of success there that you can find. The whole thing wasn't a failure. Maybe the result was a failure, but there are nuggets of success within that process that you can explore and and understand and use to move forward as well. So successes are great. Failures are great because failures, when examined correctly, can lead to future successes. Yes. So that is the H. The I is investigate options, and that is, um, you know, here's an analogy I'll use for that one. I live in Dallas-Fort Worth, and if you wanted to go to Austin, Texas, get in the car and go, you would go down I-35. That's the most direct route for you to go. But I-35 has been under construction for probably 30 years, it seems like. And so oftentimes you'll be on I-35 and the traffic will go to a dead stop and you may be stuck there for a while. Well, none of us ever thinks when we're stuck on a freeway that we're just going to turn around and go home. What we do is we pull out our ways or our you know GPS and we try to figure out other ways to get to where we're trying to go. We don't do that in life as much, though. We uh, sometimes in business and in our personal life, we'll get to a place where we're stuck, and then we remain stuck, and we never go forward. So what we try to teach is that every path, there is, there's multiple paths to get to your goal, and we try to help people find what those multiple paths are so that when they hit a roadblock, they can figure out how to get around it and move around it. You, you know what I like before you go on to the next one? What I love about that, the GPS example. It just made me think, well, with the GPS, we're detached and with, so there was not the fear factor, but with our own personal lives, we're so attached that we're so afraid to find out there may be nothing there. But if you can detach, like the Stoics get you to do, you'll probably make it, it'll be easier to investigate options. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is a real, um, I don't know if it's an art or it's a skill, but it's it's something that we that I try I strive to do is to really be able to step away from myself and step away from that fear and say it's just a process. You know, it's not it does it's not a reflection of me. It's a it's just a process. So um, just like being in a car and trying to get to a destination, it's a process. It's not a personal um, failure or a personal trial for you it's it's just a process you have to go through and i think it's i think it's hard to do when you're looking at yourself it's easier when somebody else can point that out to you but i think that is an important part of your discovery period is uh, discovery um, of your life and, and where you're trying to go is to try to remove yourself a little bit from it so that you can see things more clearly and to have that group of people around you that can be your eyes to help you see things that you can't see yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, uh, when you said, I don't know if it's an art or a skill, I, I think it's, it's simply a discipline. It's a daily practice. Since I've started meditating every day, whether I feel like it or not, I find that easier to do, to detach, yes. to step back, because that's what it gets you to do. It gets you to step back from and not get 
sucked along by some thought that that hits you and you go oh you know downstream with it sure you know and i and i and i do the same thing i i meditate and pray every morning and that's sort of the first thing i do to kind of focus my day and put things into perspective my life and my business and, and the things i'm trying to accomplish into into a perspective and i think that is extremely important for mm. for everybody mm-hmm. um but this also leads us to the f which stands for focus on your purpose and i know or focus on your why and i know there's a lot of you know books and a lot of conversations around your purpose or your why and i think a couple of things thoughts here one is that sometimes we make our we we think that our why should be something so big that it's hard to see how we'll ever get there um you know some or that it's that our why has to be so big that um you know it's got to change the world sometimes what we teach our our members is that your why could be as simple as being a great provider, a great father, a great husband. I mean, that is a noble why to achieve. And it doesn't have to be anything bigger than that, but it has to be something that you passionately believe in and that you can you can chart a course toward. Um, the second thing that we talk about is not just finding your why, but finding your who. And uh, we think that's important too. So if you are a faith-based person, your who may be you know God and what God wants you to do. If you're, you know, more of a secular person, it may be, you know, your your who may be your family or your community. Um, so we think it's important to have a who with your why. Otherwise, your why, you know, um, could be a bit shallow and it, it could be unfulfilling at the end. Mm, yeah, I like the fact. I'm glad you mentioned that, that we sometimes make it so big that it's not we don't feel we could ever reach it. And isn't it true that if you. Have a why that's immediate, even if it doesn't seem grand, that when you start to move forward, the why will expand. Yes, absolutely. And I think also, this kind of goes back to investigate your options, um, the I part of shift. And, and let me just interject here that these shift principles are all sort of interrelated. So, you know, you talk about honoring your past and your your inner circle and your investigating options and focusing on your purpose. They all... Um, they're all very much related to one another in terms of of how they work. So you kind of need to all of them in order to be effective. But one of the things is if your why if your why is really big, taking that first step is scary. And sometimes taking that first step feels so insignificant that you doesn't even almost feel worth pursuing um, because of the why is so big. So this goes back to investigating your options. Sometimes in our groups we will talk about instead of starting at the beginning and mapping out the course to the end, let's start at the end and map our way back to the beginning. And when that happens, it's really kind of a magic because you can imagine the last thing you need to do, the last milestone you need to do before you reach your goal. And then if you just keep backing up, when you get to the beginning, that beginning has a more of a meaning to you because you know it's the beginning of everything that you have just in your mind created uh, for success. So that's a useful exercise that we, we put people through. Um, and for some people, that's a big breakthrough. And it makes that first step not so scary. It makes that first step more significant than what they might think otherwise. Yeah, it makes sense because once you do that, now you see the target. So now you know where to aim. The first yeah. step is aimed at that. If, if you don't see the target, then you're going, where the hell do I aim? I mean, I don't yeah. know, you know, and, uh, 
you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a reminder of Jim Rohn always said, you know, begin with the end in mind. Yes. You know? Yes. And yes. Uh, let's get to the T. Yes, and the T is, uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, the T is to take action. It's, you know, all those other things, the S, H, I, and F, are all important and all necessary, but if you don't take action, then none of it is meaningful. So um, the T is just take action and own it. I think a lot of us, and, I, and I'll put myself into this category, when things are happening to us, sometimes we like to blame others or we like to just shut down or we like to give up. And the T there is really the idea that, you know what, this is your goal, this is your mission, these are the people you have around you, you know how to get there, now you just got to take action. And you can't, you, you got to be brave, you got to be cor- courageous and do the things that you know that you need to do in order to get where you want to go. And um, that is the most important because reminding yourself every day that you don't have a choice now. You've made a decision and you've got to be the person that makes that happen. And no matter how you get there, no matter who you um, associate with to help you get there, um, it's your responsibility to get there. You can't blame anybody else. You can't uh, put off the process on anybody else. You can't put the solutions off on anybody else. It's it, you own it, so that's the T. I love it. Um, thank you so much. You've just given us uh, a complete picture, not just a few pieces of a puzzle. You've put the puzzle together, and for storytellers listening, how important this is. If you don't, if you forget everything else, <laughs> think about this. Shift five simple letters that can change your life. Seek advice, honor your past, investigate options, focus on your purpose, and find, and then take action and own it. Yep. You know? That's Uh, it. Yeah. It's it's easy to remember. It's difficult to master. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mastery is a lifetime thing, you know? Um, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you did, you might have heard, a, a cat before in the background. No, I didn't. Oh, well, she's here. She's in the house. And I think when you began talking about shift, it excited her so much that she began meowing all over the house. <laughs> so she had, she was saying, she was saying, I like this. I've been thinking about shifting myself. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and um, by the way, you mentioned earlier, you know, you said that when you starting to make your change in your life that you began modeling others who were successful with their specific, did, did you yourself get a coach with their thought leaders or, or you yes, know, absolutely. Yeah. So I did, I did get a coach and I think having a coach is very important. Um, and I think a coach is part of your inner circle. Uh, just one of, of several people that you should have surrounding you. Yeah, so I did have a coach, uh, and I still do have a coach. Uh, we touch base, and when I have issues or challenges that I need to work on, he's a great sounding board and a great person to help me uh, in figuring out. And uh, that he's the kind of coach that I hope to be, and I, I try to be, I model myself to be with uh, the people that I coach as well. So coaches need coaches. So, um, yes, absolutely. And then I, in this day and age, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in this day and age when every other person seems to be a life coach, how do you choose a coach that you know is going to really be helpful to you? Um, I think a couple things. One is uh, there's a skill set that you need to understand that, that you're lacking 
that you need to find somebody who can help you in those areas where you, you have a blind spot or you don't have uh, the kind of skill or experience that you need. That's one. And second, I think that person needs to be someone who is in line with you, um, you know, uh, somebody who understands where you're trying to go, maybe has, has been maybe is one or two or three or four steps ahead of you in achieving those same kind of things. So, um, you know, surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people is good. But there are certain people you need to surround yourself with, and there are people that you need to absolutely make sure that you don't include in your inner circle. And uh, there's, you know, there's a there's a whole lesson that we teach on identifying those people and identifying who absolutely not to include in your circle, uh, which in a lot of ways, I'll just say family members are not somebody who you should include in your in your circle because they're too close to you to be able to be objective and give you the kind of advice you need. Uh, not that they're not important in your life, but in the context of helping you move forward, they've got too much at stake sometimes to give you clear direction. Oh, I agree. And and sometimes, uh, well-meaning though they might be, they can actually be harmful. They can be uh, the biggest dream stealers without intending to be. Oh, that, that's absolutely true. You know, people. Absolutely true. And the thing is, your dream is your dream. And it'll never be fully understood by anybody else the way you understand it. So um, you, you need to have people who can help support that dream, who are not emotionally attached to it, but can give you sound, good, rational advice on how to achieve it. Uh-huh. Now, you talk about creating your own board of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a bit about that process. How do you go about doing it? What does it mean? Yeah, well, uh, you know, just like any company, you have a board of directors and they all serve a different role and they advise you in different ways. And without going into, into all of it, we have about seven different, and I wrote a blog about this. So if anybody wants to, to, um, connect with me on LinkedIn, you, you probably find this blog, but, um, there's about seven different kinds of people that you should include on your board. Um, and I'll just give you a couple of them. One would be an architect. An architect is somebody who understands processes and can help you map out something uh, and design what you're trying to design, can help you with the intricacies of it. The second is an expert. That is a person who's got a skill set that you've got to have, but you don't have. Um, maybe an easy example would be you need, you need somebody who's got some financial um, understandings that maybe you don't have. So that's somebody you would want on your team that can help you in a business setting uh, with you know, the financial parts of, of the business that you may need some help with. So um, a third would be um, an encourager. You need somebody who is in your corner, who's always building you up, telling you the hard truth maybe, but always doing it in a way that is building you up. So that that's a third kind of person you need over your team. But we identify about seven, and then what we do in our courses, we help you. First of all, we help you figure out what kind of people you need to have on your team, what kind of skill sets or what kind of attributes they need to have and then we show you how to go about inviting them to be and um and working with them to to help them be the kind of help to you that you need help with and also to be reciprocal so that you can be a help back to to the people who who have agreed to and honored you by being on your you know quote unquote board of directors Hmm. thanks for that that's that's illuminating now you also you talk about uh, mapping multiple paths to success. Yes. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yes, it's, it's a little bit like I was uh, talking about earlier on the road. You know, most of us 
when we start down a, a path in life, um, whether it's, you know, in college and we kind of decide what we want to be in life or we're, what kind of career we want to go into, we kind of envision sort of a straight path. And in fact, corporations sometimes put you on a path um, and make that decision for you. But what happens often is if you get derailed, you don't have the capabilities, you not learn the capabilities to figure out how to, to how to find another way. Um, and, and then we're not trained to go backwards or go sideways. We're, we're kind of trained to go forward. <laughs> so, um, so sometimes you have to get off the road and you have to take a different route. And it may be a route that doesn't seem to make sense to anybody. But if you know what your goal is and you know what you're trying to achieve, it may make sense for you to, to get off that straight highway and sort of take a scenic route around uh, to get to where you're trying to go. Um, so we talk about that in the book in sort of a metaphorical way with our character who is trying to achieve what he's trying to achieve in life. And um, he finds a mentor who teaches him these five shift principles and in one of the principles, they actually are in a car and they're going off road to get to the destination. And uh, the, the mentor in the, the book talks about the value of taking those side roads, what you discover, what you learn, how you grow on your way to getting to where you want to be. I like that. So you, um, tell us a little more what our appetite for this book, because uh, it's obvious that what you've done is taken fact. It's it's not fiction, but you're telling it as a dramatic narrative. Sure. Yes, and I and I uh, wrote it this way um, specifically. I have a uh, somebody that I admire a lot. His name is Patrick Lencioni. He's a consultant. He writes books. He speaks all over the place, and he writes books in this sort of business narrative format. And I really like it, and I think stories speak to me um, and keep me engaged much more than just a you know a dry business book does. And so I wanted to create a book in that same sort of format. So the shift is a story about a guy. His name is David Jericho, and he's like many of us. He's sort of a struggling mental manager. The company he's with is in decline, and his future, unlike all of his peers who he associates with, is is kind of unremarkable. All of his friends have achieved a lot more than he has. And so that's sort of weighs on his mind as well. But um, in the book, there's a, his company um, is threatened with a buyout and there's um, a way that they can save the company or that he can save the company by winning a big account. So he goes off on this journey to win this big account, which is going to save his job, but also save the jobs of the people on his team and also the, the company from, from a buyout. So, um, the, the whole journey there for him is, 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 is taking this business trip, meeting, meeting this guy who is his chauffeur, who's taking him around to, uh, to what he needs to do in order to, to get to the, the to the prospective, uh, customer's office and make his big presentation and win the, the account. And in the course of meeting this mentor, uh, I won't go into, to all of it, but, um, but this mentor turns out to be somebody very important in his life and, and gives him these five lessons of life and uh, and career that really transforms his life. So he leaves that. It's a happy ending story, so it's a Hollywood ending. You know, I, I don't mind telling you that. So he leaves that whole experience empowered to be able to make those kinds of changes that he has been putting off in his career 
And, um, and at the end of the book, you know, he makes a success of himself, but it all started with this chance meeting with this chauffeur who really taught him these five principles. I love it. That's great. And I, of course, you're speaking to a person who lives and breathes stories. So when you say that stories and we're engaging in facts, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, so the character's name is David. Did you say Jericho? Jericho. Oh. <laughs> I heard Jericho. <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> okay, Jericho. And you mentioned that you were inspired by a man named Patrick. What was his last name? Yeah, Lincioni. Patrick Lincioni is a president of the Table Group. It's a consulting firm out in um, California. I think it seems like in the San Francisco area. And uh, he's written many books, and he speaks all over the country um, about leadership, about consulting um He's really widely regarded, and he writes he like writes great books, um, and he writes in this style. And I just really appreciate that I can relate to the characters. And I think that's one thing about this shift book is that anybody who reads this book, probably in your audience, if they've been in a corporate world, they will recognize themselves. They will recognize their characters because we've all run across the same kinds of issues, the same kind of characters, the same kind of bosses. Um, so it'll be a book that they'll walk away from and go, "Yeah, I had a boss like that." Oh yeah, I was in a situation like that. Oh man, I felt exactly like that. So, so I, it's an engaging book in that way. Beautiful. Have you ever read The Magician's Way? Uh, I have not. You'll love it because it's exactly in this vein. And, uh, it's life lessons told in a, in a fascinating story. The Magician's yeah. Way, it's called. And, do you have a daily routine, John, that uh, gets you focused and moving in a positive direction? Well, I do. And, you know, the thing is, is that I'm a person who needs focus. <laughs> I'm not a naturally focused person. I'm a, I'm a person who has a thousand ideas, and a thousand ideas can distract you in a thousand different ways. Um, so in the mornings, I get up early. And I like to get up before anybody else does. And I like to have my time and I don't like it interrupted. But I get up and I have my coffee and I meditate, uh, pray. And, um, and then I, I sketch out the, the things that I want to accomplish during the day. And, um, and I try not to overload it because I, when I overload my day with things that I want to accomplish, then nothing gets accomplished. So I pick two or three things that I absolutely want to accomplish for the day that will move me forward. And then I go about it and just try to tick off those things. How early do you get up? Well, it depends. Sometimes 5.30, um, most often 6. Mm -hmm. So I don't have children at the, at the house anymore, so it's a pretty quiet morning, and I can get up and have my cup of coffee, and nobody disturbs me, and I can kind of set my day, set my mind for what I'm trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, it is important. I don't think uh, uh, many high achievers who don't have some kind of specific routine to focus them for the day and to get them moving in the right direction. Now, do you invest in ongoing formal personal development courses, seminars, and stuff? I do. Uh, like I said, I, um, I I do have a coach that I meet with. I'm in a group called C12, which is a uh, mastermind group, so I do that. And uh, I read just about everything I can get my hands or I try to as much as I can. And I listen to podcasts like yours and uh, 
and I find that I, you know, you get a lot of different perspective. You hear a lot of, from a lot of people you would never ever heard from in your life, and so that that is a great uh, learning tool for me. Do you listen to uh, Brendan Bouchard? Yes. Yeah. His uh, his his morning pod. I mean, his daily podcasts are wonderful because they're short. But man, mm-hmm. does he give? He packs a lot in there. Yeah. So, um, I've been listening to it at the gym. It's been helping me work out a lot. Yeah. Uh, are there any? You, go ahead. Yeah. Now I was going to say you had a podcast the other day. You were talking about uh, procrastination, and I thought that was a very insightful, um, insightful discussion or, or uh, talk. I guess you were you were talking with a guest, but um, it was just a very good insight into procrastination. And you know, I understand. You know, I used to beat myself up about procrastination, but what I've learned, and I think you echoed this in what you were saying the other day, is that um, procrastination is not a bad thing. And I find that when I put something off, I'm really not putting it off. My mind is working on it and marinating on it. And so when I get to it, it is actually much richer than if I would have just plowed straight into it, you know, without that that time to really reflect and think. Even if I'm not doing it consciously, I, I find myself that I do it subconsciously. Well, thank you for mentioning that, and I, I give credit completely to Dan Sullivan, yes. who runs Strategic Coach. I mean, the book that inspired me to do that short podcast is called Procrastination Priority, and it's his whole, his whole philosophy on procrastination and it is so liberating and it's bang on it's just wonderful yeah Yeah. really really important these are shifts you know and how we see things um are there any other thought other thought leaders that could jump to mind that you really admire today like you know the the big gurus yeah well i love jeff Godin because i like uh sorry because i like um that he thinks differently and I can really relate to the the way he the way he thinks. You mentioned Dan Sullivan. I I, I just think he's terrific. Terrific. Um, there is. Um, I was trying to think of another. I'm sorry. I've just lost. A uh, Patrick Lencioni I mentioned earlier, and I just really like his writing style, and I like the way he he lays out a story. So, you know, those are a few, but there there are many. I, I admire a lot of people, and I I always find something to admire in in, in just about everybody. Uh, and I love a guy who brings, or a woman who brings a new perspective to me that I hadn't thought of before. I love that is, I love transformational moments. Um, and I love Dan and, and, uh, and Chip Heath and their, their, uh, book, um, The Power of Moments, I think it's called. Um, cause I think that those are so powerful to be able to get, be in a situation where you've heard something, learned something, and you've had that aha moment. Um, that's sort of transformative. And I, as much as I love it for me, I love to be involved in doing that for somebody where I, I say something or I give them an idea or a concept that just is a big aha moment for them that changes the trajectory of things for them. That, that's a big, um, motivator for me. Mm, yeah, me too. And, um, I love that you mentioned Seth Godin. I follow him too. Uh, the man's brilliant. He's just outside he of the box. Everything he does. And are you on his mailing list? Because he sends his blogs are like three or four lines every yes. day. And yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, they're just wonderful thoughts. Things that you go, oh yeah, I'm going to take yeah. that in today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and easy to uh, digest, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
Was there any one thing that created your greatest success momentum? Whew. That's a big question. One thing. I think the one thing was me writing the book. I think the, the book shift put everything that I had been thinking about, feeling about, and put it into a place where I could tell that story uh, and people could read that story. And it, again, the story is not about me. You, just about everybody who reads it will probably think it's about them, which is hopefully, you know, uh, the sign of a good story. Um, but I think having that done and having that sort of hook gave me the, the legs to the purpose I was trying to achieve. Mm, that makes total sense. Glad you shared that. What is your favorite book besides your own? Whew, again, there are so many of them. I, I just, I like a lot. Um, you know, and I know I, this is maybe sound a little bit trite, but, but I love the Bible and I read the Bible through every year. And so, uh, every day that's part of my morning routine is I, I have sort of a schedule of what I'm going to read. And, um, I think the, the answer to that question is, is, uh, for one, it's just a great meditative, uh, body of work to read. But second is there's always something in every passage or every verse practically, um, that I can apply, that I can see myself in, or I can see, uh, an, an insight that I, that I didn't need. And even though I've read it over and over and over again every year, every time I'll read a passage, I'll be in a different stage of life than I was when I read it last year. And it'll mean something completely different to me and it'll, it'll, you know, be more meaningful to me. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. well, you know what? It isn't trite. You know, you began by saying that, but no, no, it isn't. I mean, whether people are people of faith or not, I mean, to, it makes sense to acknowledge the power and the wisdom in that book. Yes, absolutely. You know? Um, do you have a favorite quote? Man, you know what? In my book shift, I started every chapter with a quote and the, and I love quotes. The quotes in the book begin every chapter. They reflect something that I think is important, but they also reflect sort of the action that's happening in each chapter. So I'll give you a couple of quotes. And the very first quote is in the very first of the book and it is by Socrates. And let me open it up. And the quote is, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And I think for shift, that is exactly the story. It's, you know, our character was fighting the old when he needed to really be putting his energy towards creating the new. And that's what shift principles are. And that's what uh, the book is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, the, you know, it's interesting how, um, a lot of thought leaders today are, are going back to the ancient Greeks. I mean, like Ryan Holiday with, uh, the Stoics, etc. Yeah, those, yes. those guys were onto something. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I mean, we, we, you know, we think we're, we think wisdom comes from the contemporaries, maybe, or people who are around us, but it's not true. I mean, a true wisdom from a universal, you know, in the course of humanity, my gosh, they were wiser back then than we can ever think about being today. And had half, you know, had no technology, none of the technology and none of the sort of the scientific insights and those kinds of things that we, that we think we're, you know, so great at. They had none of that. And yet they were, they had a lot of wisdom. Well, you know what's reassuring about that? People just, when they get anxious about, oh my God, am I missing out? Are things changing and I'm not going to find my place? Just 
stop and breathe and realize that the, the important principles of how to live are timeless. Yes. They're timeless, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just wonderful. You know, I, Shakespeare, I don't know if people actually have really stopped to think about a line that has become almost cliche, you know, to be or not to be, that is the question. If you think about what that means, the profundity of that, he's saying that the most essential thing, the most essential question in life is, do I decide to stay alive or do I take my life? That is the question. Because then when you say, I'm going to stay alive, then you've got the responsibility to give it meaning. Yes. It's just, I mean, anyway, it goes on. It's, It's true. We can reach into the past for guidance in the present. If you could change just one thing in the world and you only get to change one, what would it be? Oh my gosh, this is, uh, you know, this time when we're in this political season right now, this, that's a great question. Um, there is so much, uh, discourse and strife. And if I could change anything in this world and in my own life and in, you know, in society together would be, you know, really to turn all of that um, it'd be about politics, I think. I think I would love to be able to turn all that strife and dissension and really focus it on potential and possibility instead of, you know, power and position. I think, you know, too much of us, and this goes for the corporate world, it's all about power and position when really, you know, we would all be better off if it was, if it was, if we focused our efforts on potential and possibility. Well, you know, uh, I I feel very optimistic about this because the people who are in a position to make this happen are making it happen. I, I go back to Diamandis. I, I've joined his community called uh, Abundance 360 Digital. And these guys are very clear that they are creating a new world and that they do not need the assistance from bureaucracy or politics and their world is about possibility and potential yes and that's what's so wonderful so yeah that's that's a great thing thanks for that how can people contact you well i'm glad you asked and thank you for asking there's a couple of ways so they can go to my website which is www.shiftprinciples.com and i have a special offer for your audience so i put a special page on my site just for your audience so if they would go to shiftprinciples.com forward slash change, they would find uh, some opportunities and uh, some offers there just for your audience. So I created an infographic that illustrates and explains the five shift principles. So you've heard about them, but you can download that infographic and you can kind of keep those five principles sort of in front of you in a visual way. Uh, secondly, I have a special... Uh, shift book offer for you and it's a free offer so if you want to order the book from that page that was set up for your audience um, then they get a free copy of the book shift and uh, I'll even autograph it for them if that's uh, something anybody would want and then thirdly um, I am offering a, a free um, uh, a free 30-minute uh, consult so uh, uh, just if you're interested in shift and you want to know a little bit more about it you can get on my calendar for 30 minutes and we'll sit down and talk about what your situation is and what areas you're wanting to shift in your life and see if there's something that I can do to help you.
So those are the three offers, and they can get to that offer by going to shiftprinciples.com forward slash change. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I'll definitely be downloading that infographic, my friend. That is, that's wonderful. Any final thoughts for our storytellers today? Uh, no, I just really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to, um, to be with you and to talk to your audience. And uh, this change your story, change your life is is absolutely what I'm about and I'm I'm just so thrilled to be able to to listen to your podcast and get get the great stories and the wisdom from others that you've had on. Uh, I guess if I have uh, one last couple of thoughts, one one is it's never too late to change your story. So I don't know where you are in life or where you've been, but today is a day where you can make a decision to change your story and there are a set of principles that can help you do that. And there's one last quote that I will leave you as well. It's on page 204 of the book, and it's by Amelia Earhart. And the quote is, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. Mm. The fears are a paper tiger. You can do anything you decide to do. And I totally agree with that. And, you know, if anyone is listening and they're saying, yeah, that's easy to say, you know, but... I really am too old for this, and my time has passed. Uh, you got to take another look. You know, Dan Sullivan is now exactly 74 years old. He's already made his 25-year plan, and he's written a book about how he expects to live to be 156. Wow. And this is, and you know, you can say he's crazy. Well, I'd like to be crazy the way Dan is. Dan is considered one of the top entrepreneurial coaches in the world. You know, so this is very, very wonderful, inspiring yeah. stuff. And thank you so much for your contribution today, man. You've given a lot. Well, thank you. Well, let's say one last thing about Dan Sullivan. Is you just told me something I didn't know. I didn't know that was his age. And he is so vibrant and so youthful that I would have thought he was, you know, 50. <laughs> so I think that's a lesson for all of us, that no matter what ages, we can be vibrant, we can be uh, vital, and we it's never too late to make a difference in, in your own life, but in the life of others. Absolutely. By the way, a little piece of trivia. His um, head office is here in Toronto. Uh, I sometimes drive over there and just buy books, and he lives about 10 minutes away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks again, John. That's, that, this was just wonderful. Well, thank you, Lewis. And again, thank you. And I uh, wish your audience the best of luck in their lives and careers. And, uh, and I uh, look forward to, to hearing from any of them. And I look forward to talking with you some more outside of this podcast. Uh, we will. And by the way, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween <laughs> to you too. <laughs> and thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and John Hinkle. John delivered some very powerful content. He basically left no one any excuse for not making changes that they say they want to make in their lives. Pay this forward. Let other people that you care about know that they can get this empowerment, that iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. Remember to visit the site 
and get your free gift, the downloadable ebook that I created for you, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Okay, back to one of my favorite topics, books, books, books. They always come up in my podcasts, and today we referenced a few that are game changers. One that I would urge you strongly to to get yesterday is The Magician's Way by William White Cloud. There are two reasons. One, it's written as a narrative, as a story, almost like a novel. So you will learn something about how to tell a story. You'll be learning how to be a better storyteller. The other is that it is a story with important life lessons, and they're really life lessons outside of the box. The book will enchant you, and it can transform you. The Magician's Way by William White Cloud. And don't forget www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You storytellers have access to a downloadable free audiobook of your choice, choosing from more than 180,000 titles, and you get an entire month of all of Audible service as well for free. The most important thing that I would like you to focus on from today's podcast, because of course, like I said, there were many, many things that that John offered. But for me, the one that is the biggest game changer for you is to never allow yourself any excuses again for anything. There's another great book called The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And he talks about excusitis. It's a sickness. We all have, we all have it to a degree. If it becomes chronic, it's really, really bad. So there's skill excusitis. There's money excusitis. There's time excusitis. And all of those simply mean I don't have the proper skills, I don't have the money, I don't have the time. And John spoke about age excusitis. Today, that's a very big thing. If you're a successful person and you're watching your career change or maybe disappear, downsizing, the digital explosion, eliminating the kind of work that you do, You're faced with, woe is me, which is excusitis, or, wow, how can I reinvent myself, which anyone can do? So, make the shift. Get John's book, The Shift, and to help you get unstuck and move on to a whole other level in your life. Begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life? 
Tune in to the next episode of Luis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.